0: On today's episode of the John Kamby Show podcast, and buckle up everybody because we got a busy one, a new Karate Kid movie is coming with Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio. What? Anyway, Dave Filoni <laughs> has reportedly been promoted to chief creative officer over at Lucasfilm. Uh, Disney has pulled their Tom Hardy, Austin Butler, the bike riders movie Off the release calendar, and they're now shopping it around to other studios. Universal is developing a brand new Jason Bourne movie. Tron Ares is actually going into production, like, a lot sooner than you think. The newest Aquaman 2 2 trailer has come out, and it sucks. Uh, (laughs) Nicholas Holt is officially our new Lex Luthor in the upcoming Superman Legacy. That and more. The John Gabby Show podcast starts right now. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best and Movie Related Show on the Planet Earth, the John Campia Show podcast, coming to you from right here in our quaint little studio, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you. Our international friends gather around as we talk about our absolute favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff, not just giving you our opinions, but hopefully giving you some information and context, so you guys can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or even different than ours. Uh, joining me in studio today, we got Rayora, hey, hey. Jonathan Boyko's here, <laughs> hey, Chris Carr is here, Hi. and most importantly. You guys are here. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. And here's how the show's going to go. We're going to start off by going through that long list of topics that we have uh, ready to go. And then in the last part of the show, we're going to take your comments and questions. Now, we've already asked our beloved YouTube channel members to fire in some topics. We're going to get to as many of those as we can. But also, if you guys are watching live and you have a topic theory question or comment, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature. And as long as it's appropriate to be used on our show, we'll get to that right near the end of the show. Uh, I got a busy day. Got the show to do here. Then Anne and I are going over to the movie theater. We're gonna do a double header tonight. We're gonna to go see Wish and Napoleon. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how you say it for you uh, unwashed heathens. It's Napoleon.
1: Does anyone in the mon- movie pronounce it that way? Probably with all not. of their French accents? Probably not. And I will look <laughs> down uh, at them not all. A single French accent. <laughs> well, if
2: they do what Hollywood does, they'll just do it in British accents because exactly. British accents is all of Europe. It's
1: all of Europe. What I think
0: they should do is a British accent with subtitles. <laughs> I, think, I think that would be the next logical step to do. All right, guys, listen. We got a whole, I believe the technical term is shit ton of stuff that we got to talk about here today. So let's start off with this. Under the file heading of logic, I guess... There's a brand new Karate Kid movie coming. Just been announced. Oh, and it's coming soon. Like, it's going to come out in 2024. You know that year that starts, like a month from now? And uh, is it going to be the Ralph Macchio Karate Kid version or the Jackie Chan version? Well, we can not make up our minds, so we're going to go with both. This comes to us from the folks at Variety who wrote the following. Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio, who starred in separate Karate Kid films decades apart, will unite for a brand new movie set in the martial arts franchise. The new movie from Sony Pictures, director Jonathan Entwistle and writer Rob Lieber will premiere in theaters Like one year from now, December 13th, 2024, uh, Karen Rosenfeld is producing. Plot details are being kept under wraps on the new movie, but Machio will reprise his role as Daniel LaRusso, whom he played in the original Karate Kid film trilogy starting in 1984 and brought back on Netflix's Cobra Kai series. Chan will return to the role of Mr. Han, a kung fu master based uh, on Mr. Miyagi who coached Jaden Smith's Dre Parker in the 2010 remake movie. Now, the article goes on To say, we're not really sure where Cobra Kai fits into all this. So, okay, what it will probably be, this is just me guessing here. Because the information is kind of nebulous right now. What it will probably be is that Daniel is Daniel from the movies and from Karate Kai. Cobra Kai, I should say. And Jackie Chan is Mr. Han. Those events happened of that Karate Kid. Those events happened in that movie, I guess. They're just eerily similar <laughs> in their situations. And I guess they're going to come together and do a movie. I don't understand this. Now, don't get me wrong. You tell me in the movie theater next door that they're playing a new crime Kid with Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio. I'm going to go, okay, I'll be back in a couple hours. I'm, I'm going to go check that out. I. This seems weird to me, Chris. I don't know. Make this make sense to me. What, what do you think of this? It
1: also feels gimmicky because... A little. One, the Hollywood Reporter, when I got this notification, did a, called it the Karate Kid Cinematic Universe, where it was, why does everything have to have a fucking cinematic universe? Why? But also, part of their announcement is they are casting the next Karate Kid. So this movie is supposed to come out in a year, and they haven't cast who the next Karate Kid is, because now you can go... <laughs>
0: Karate versus This is acne.
1: acne. That, that's the one. You go to uh, SonyPictures.com slash karate kid casting, and they're looking for someone 15 to 17 years old, Chinese <laughs> or mixed race Chinese, uh, who it. speaks fluent English with conversational Mandarin skills, who's smart, Scar- scrappy, and a skilled martial artist. That's me. Jonathan, you've got a mate. <laughs> I'm in it. You're so close <laughs> to so many of these things. Fifteen Chinese American, picking yep. a lot of these boxes, my friend.
0: But, but hey, Jonathan's Mandarin is flawless. That's yeah. very He's true. Throw that oh out there. Oh my
1: goodness. So <laughs> i just obviously this is IP we're going to keep returning to. Cobra Kai is a very popular series. The movie that Jackie Chan was in, not as popular.
0: No, it's not. But you know what? I like that movie. It's not I, as bad really as everyone said like it was. I did like movie.
1: I did. not see it in theaters. I waited till I was on an airplane. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm trapped. I might as well watch this. And it wasn't that bad. But it does feel like this is just kind of a, oh, hey, I mean, we still own the rights to this. And people like these guys, uh, let's do a contest. It doesn't feel like an actual idea. This feels like the plot of a Disney Channel original movie.
2: Well, it's coming either way. Yeah. <laughs> in one year.
1: <laughs>
0: So, but you know, you're right. They're searching for the next. Isn't that what Cobra Kai is? Hasn't Daniel found seventeen other next Karate Kids? That's
1: what I thought. Like, is this
0: movie going to be about Daniel leaving his wife and all those kids and finding his new favorite kid? Yeah, well, is this that is what, where
1: Daniel has a secret family. <laughs> that, that's it's Karate right.
2: Kid No Way Home. <laughs> <It's>, oh. <laughs> that's what it is, man. They're just trying to cinematic everything. But I and, mean, cin- yeah.
1: So
0: I mean, so which one of these is going to be the Mr. Miyagi figure? Is is Jackie Chan the Mr. Miyagi figure? Is Daniel LaRusso the Mr. Miyagi figure? I don't know, but this is weird, man. And it's coming out in a year. Yes. It's not often you get an announced movie and it's coming out in like one calendar year. So I don't know, guys. What do you think about this? I mean, listen, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I was curious to see this. I just don't know why they're making it. But yeah, we'll see. All right, guys. With that down let's move on to this, shall we? Dave Filoni's got a new job title over at Lucasfilm. It's now being reported that Dave Filoni, who's of course, you know, kind of the guy behind the Clone Wars animated series, Rebels, which is an animated series that I actually really quite like. Uh, He also helped Jon Favreau with The Mandalorian, and he just did his Ahsoka series, which I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't think was very good. But um, there's been a lot of people, I mean, You would be hard-pressed to find somebody more entrenched in the lore of Star Wars than a Dave Filoni. And now that's been paid off. But it's an odd chief creative officer title he's been given because he doesn't actually have the authority that a traditional chief creative officer would have. Anyway, this comes from The Hollywood Reporter. Write the following. Dave Filoni is expanding his footprint in a galaxy far, far away. The longtime Star Wars force uh, has been named chief creative officer at Lucasfilm. Now, Filoni said, in the past, in a lot of projects I would be brought into, uh, into it, I would see it after it had already developed a good ways along. Filoni told Variety Fair, or Vanity Fair, which broke the news. Filoni will now be involved in the early development on Star Wars projects, working with Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy and head of development Carrie Beck. Now, it goes on to say in the article that Filoni is not actually, you know what a lot of chief creative officers would do is be the ones that kind of green light projects and stuff like that. And that's not really what he's going to be doing here. Um, It goes on to say this in the article. Dave Filoni says, I'm not telling people what to do, Filoni told Variety, uh, Vanity Fair in, about his new role, but I do feel I'm trying to help them tell the best story uh, that they want to tell. I need to be a help across the galaxy here, like a part of a Jedi Council almost. So what he's going to be doing now, traditionally what Filoni is saying is, once they've already had a project up and going, and then they would bring in Filoni traditionally— to kind of give some mm, context, I guess, to the story that they were developing and try to, um, you know, help them and, and give them a little bit of guidance. But the projects were already be up and running. Now, under his new role, he's going to be doing the same thing, but involved much earlier in the process. He's going to be there at its inception and kind of, now again, he doesn't, he's not going to be, Uh, directing or dictating which way the movies or shows are going to go. But he's going to be there to give input, influence, um, (laughs) Yemel DSA, chief creative counselor, um, (laughs) and all that kind of stuff in there. Now, I would feel more excited about this. I'm not going to lie. Look, I'm, I'm always forthright with you guys. I would be more excited about this if I liked Ahsoka as much as I was hoping I would like it. Um... But there have been a lot of fans who have said for a long time that they want Dave Filoni to be the new head of Lucasfilm, which I've always guffawed at a bit because just because you made a great cartoon show I, doesn't mean you know how to run a corporation. And I think something like this, I think as a chief creative officer, being involved in the storytelling aspect of where Star Wars is and where Star Wars is going to go. I personally think this is a much happier fit for somebody like Dave Filoni. I, I think this is somewhere where he will be, number one, very comfortable because it's it's not the running a corporation part. that That's not his thing. It's being involved in the storytelling. So I think that's going to be a much happier place for him. But I also think it's going to be where he's going to be far more effective. Again, I'm, I'm a little bit curious about the fact that he doesn't seem to actually have any authority, but, uh, but, but whatever getting Dave Filoni and at least his input much earlier in the process in the development of star Wars projects, I think can only be a good thing. Um, Now, again, he's saying that they are going to defer to the individual storytellers. The individual filmmakers are still going to have the run of their projects. But again, having Filoni in there earlier in the process the better. Um, Now, the article also says, because some people might be asking, what about that movie they said Dave Filoni was going to direct? That's still happening. Uh, Filoni is still going to be developing that movie. He's still going to direct that movie. So that movie, nobody has to worry about it. That is still going to happen. So, yeah, Chris, I got to say, I think this is a very good fit. This is the Mm -hmm. type of position. I don't know if Lucasfilm had a chief creative officer. I don't think they did. I think they've created the position in the company for him. And I think it's the right spot for him. I think he's going to flourish in this. And again, whenever you get somebody with the type of deep lore knowledge that he has to come in and consult and to give some guidance, I think that's going to make everything potentially better. Hopefully, Uh, I like the move. What do you think about this?
1: I like the move. I think you're hard-pressed to find somebody in the star Wars universe who has as much knowledge about it as Dave Filoni. I mean, he's been working professionally within star Wars since 2008 and sure a few things maybe not have not been as strong as others, but he knows this stuff backwards and forwards. He knows how everything connects. And I like this move because as we learned this year, Most of the Disney shows, at least, haven't had showrunners or things like that. That has not been a move that they've been doing. And now not only are they gonna have showrunners, but I like this idea of kind of the, the all encompassing universe runner here of these pieces go together. This is what needs to happen here early phases of Marvel come to mind here of what Feige did. So I love the idea of him making sure that these things all connect because I know that's something that star Wars fans in particular can get really heated about of, well, this is contrary to this and this doesn't make sense here. And if this is Canon, then that isn't Canon anymore. And Dave Filoni knows all that stuff. So I feel like this is going to add some cohesion to everything. Um, and it sounds like we're still getting different flavors throughout here, right? We still are going to have the coming-of-age story with Skeleton Crew. We still are going to have more of that kind of thriller, um, dark show with the Acolyte. So we're still going to have different genres happening within Star Wars, which is something we've all talked about really enjoying. But we'll at least have those universes talking to each other in a way that hopefully will make sense.
0: Right. Uh, and by the way, quick side note, just just to try to head off some conversations that might be coming in a few months. Mm-hmm. Dave Filoni has just been given this job. If Skeleton Crew sucks, that has nothing to do with it's Dave Filoni. Yeah. If The Acolyte sucks, it has nothing to do with Dave Filoni. He's just taken over the job now. Okay, so everybody just pumped the brakes it, on that. It's like
1: how everyone freaked out about The Flash being James Gunn's problem. Yeah, it's like, that movie was <laughs> done before James Gunn got the job. Yeah. Um, the other
0: thing, too, that I was a little bit curious about was, because listen, I, I want to bring this back up. I got told almost a year ago now that Kathleen Kennedy was on her way out. Many people have been told the same thing, but yeah. I, I was also told that Kathleen Kennedy was on the way out by the end of the year. So seeing a big major move like this, it made me wonder, did Kathleen Kennedy promote him? Cause it doesn't say in the article or did somebody, or did Bob Iger promote him? Ooh, I've been told that she actually gave him the job. Okay. Now, she, Dave Filoni and her have been working together for a while now, for years. So it's not surprising. But again, that's interesting to me that she can create that kind of position and promote him um, when she's supposed to be on her way out. Is she not on her way out? Did she save her job by going, proposing a new leadership structure to try to boost things? Or did she buy some more time for herself? Or, I mean, I don't know, but I I have to question all that right now about where we're going with that. But interesting story nonetheless. So I think this is going to make a lot of people very happy, but it's going to be interesting to see over time exactly how involved does he get to be? Because traditionally a chief creative officer is like, they get to call a lot of the shots and blah, blah, blah. From what Filoni's saying, it doesn't sound like that's what this role really is. So it's going to be interesting to see how much of an impact he gets to have moving forward. Again, just everybody. If Skeleton Key sucks, has (laughs) nothing to do with Dave Filoni. It's going to take take a year, two years before we really feel the impact of him now having this position. So give him a little bit of space there. Give him a little bit of room to breathe. All right. With that down, guys, let's move on to this, shall we? One of the really interesting looking films that was supposed to come out, gosh, next week was the uh, Austin Butler, Tom Hardy film, The Bike Riders. Being a fan of Sons of Anarchy, I was instantly attracted to this because it kind of looks like a Sons of Anarchy show and it was supposed to come out December 1st. Well, and I got to tell you guys, I have don't think I've ever seen something like this happen. This close to when a movie was supposed to come out the film has as of now been pulled from the release schedule altogether and the company behind it is shopping the mo- doesn't even want the movie anymore and they're shopping it around. This comes to us from the folks Over at Variety, the headlines, Austin Butler, Tom Hardy's The Bike Riders being shopped to rival studios after Disney takes the film off the calendar, says this. The Bike Riders, a drama directed by Jeff Nichols, by the way, really good director, and starring Austin Butler, Jodie Comer, and Tom Hardy, is being shopped around town after Disney took the film off its slate. Disney and 20th Century were scheduled to open the film on December 1st, but its backer, New Regency, opted in October to remove the film from the release calendar during the actor strike. The bike riders cost $40 million and premiered at the Telluride Film Festival over Labor Day weekend. It had hoped to qualify for this year's Oscars, but... That would require the bike riders to debut in theater sometime before the end of 2023. It's now unlikely to land on the big screen this year, according to the new Hollywood uh, newsletter, The In Snyder, of course, by Jeff Schneider, uh, which first reported on New Regency's plan to shop the film. Okay. This is fascinating on several levels. Now we had heard it was going to get bumped off the December 1st release date. That didn't surprise us at the time because the Actors were on strike, you got three major superstars in the movie in Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, Jodie Comer, and they wouldn't be available to go out and promote the film, so it made sense that they announced that they were going to bump it off its December 1st release date. But we assumed, because you know what they say about assuming, it makes an ass out of you and you, (laughs) Um, we had assumed that it would find a new home on the release schedule imminently Quickly, hopefully by the end of the year, so we can qualify for the Oscars. Chris, I have, and I'm sure it's happened. I can just not personally recall ever hearing a movie that was supposed to come out so soon literally being now shopped around because the studio and the disturbance no longer want it. This close to it coming out. Yeah. I Especially one that has awards aspirations, big names in it. This is a very, I'm sure there's some juicy story that we don't know about. I'm sure there's some huge behind-the-scenes drama that we don't and maybe never will know about. But I've never even heard of something like this. What do you think about this? And can you recall anything like this ever happening before?
1: Nothing comes to mind. I kept thinking about how, you know, we have seen this uptick of things that studios have produced and completed and then saying, Hey, I think we're going to not do this and then shelving it or selling right. it. Right. We've seen that a lot lately. Wiley uh, versus Acme, Acme comes yeah. to mind, but those are things that didn't have a set date for release or anything like that. This is wild to me because also how, how do you go from Oscar buzz to bless you? We do not want this. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where we went from point A to point B here because this is something that, by all accounts, just the cast, the material it's based on, the story itself is Oscar fodder. This is award season fodder. So, what went so wrong here that they need to dump this? I'm so interested. I want the tea on this. <laughs> to find out what's it's, going juicy. On. it's juicy. It's juicy. Something and you know, had to you happen. You probably
0: had guys like Austin Butlers, who, of course, just had a Best Actor nomination for playing yeah. Elvis, thinking he was getting ready to mount another campaign for another Oscar run, maybe even Tom Hardy for best supporting. Mm -hmm. And that's now apparently gone off the table. I just want to know, when am I going to be able to watch this movie? Yeah. Like, because I remember they showed us a preview for it at CinemaCon and that's where I'm like, oh, because when they first talked about Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, the bike riders, I literally thought it was like a couple of grown ass men in a neighborhood who decided to refurbish old bicycles from their youth and go on a bike ride. Yeah. (laughs) It's called the Bike Riders, but instead, it's more of a, a Sons of Anarchy kind of thing, I guess. So, who, where's this going to land? Who's going to pick it up? When will it finally come out? I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Bold prediction. I think Apple's going to pick it up. Ooh. Because I look at this, mm-hmm. it feels a little bit like an Apple product already. It feels a little bit like an Apple project, a little bit to me. So I wonder if Apple might be the ones to step in and grab it.
1: Isn't it interesting how Apple now has an identity? I mean, like five yeah. years ago, I would not have had a tone or a specific type of thing that goes to Apple. And now it's, oh yeah, that looks of their caliber.
0: I'll be honest with you. When they made their big, when Tim Cook did that big announcement day where they rolled out Apple TV plus, and they announced all the shows they are going to be doing. I didn't think it was going to last a year. Yeah, I thought, this doesn't look good. This is the most boring presentation I've ever seen. Nobody's going to be excited about any of this stuff. And here they are. They might be, they're challenging for the number one quality output Absolutely. out of everybody else. And maybe that's where this is going to land. All right. With that down, guys, let's move on to this, shall we? Apparently, there's another Jason Bourne movie coming.
2: And, J- and Jackie it, Chan's in it. <laughs>
0: And Jackie Chan is going to be the coach. No, seriously, another Jason Bourne movie is coming on the way. You thought they were done in 2016? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. I guess Matt Damon has some free time on his hands, and they're thinking about doing another one. This comes from the folks over at Variety who wrote the following. Universal is an early development on a new movie about super spy Jason Bourne with the all quiet on the Western front filmmaker, Edward Berger in talks to direct. Okay. If that doesn't get you excited. I don't know what will. Um, it's too soon to say if cast members <laughs> like Matt Damon, who first played the role of the amnesiac assassin in 2002's The Bourne Identity and most recently reprised the part in 2016's Jason Bourne would return. The same is true about Jeremy Renner, who played Black Ops agent Aaron Cross in 2012's The Bourne Legacy, though the involvement of the former might be more likely. Okay, so, first of all, they went and got the director of All Quiet on the Western Front, which, if you did not see it, is remarkable. An intense, And moving, and it—it's something that shake. It's a movie that shakes you to your core. To have a director like that come into a franchise like the Bourne franchise is very appealing, right off the top. Now, is it a good idea for them to do this Bourne um, thing now? I I I don't know. Like let's look at this. This is the domestic, okay? Not not worldwide. Um Born Ultimatum was the number one thing. It made 227 at the domestic boss, box office. Born Supremacy made 176. Jason Bourne made 162. The Born Identity Born Legacy down at 113. This isn't exactly a franchise that blows up the box office. And I think I remember it was after three, Matt Damon initially said, yeah, we're done now. Three, cause three, I think was the best of the franchise. I loved three. And he said, we're kind of done. And then they did, uh, born legacy. And then Matt Damon came back. Quite frankly, that last one was not good. Jason Bourne fights Facebook. That's, that's kind of what the movie was. And it was not very good, but do I think they should do another Born movie? No. But if Matt Damon comes back, will I be down to go see it? Absolutely. But you better get Matt Damon back. Because I mean, as much as I love Jeremy Renner, I mean, it's not a coincidence that his was the lowest grossing of the the Born Identity, of the yeah, the Born Identity. People want Jason Bourne in a Bourne movie. Is that too much to ask? The movie's called Bourne Jason Bourne should be in it, just throwing that out there. So I don't know. It's, it's curious to see, Chris, what do you think about the idea of going back to Jason Bourne, the franchise again? And is there a way they can do this if Matt Damon does not come back for it? What do you think?
1: I hope not. I hope (laughs) there's not. I think it should, or you have to do a complete reboot of this character and franchise. You can't keep doing these little like legacy. This in the shadows of <laughs> In The shadow. The shadow In the shadows of born, of born. Uh, born in the shadows. Boom. That's the title. Nailed it. <laughs> born, uh, beyond. born beyond. Born beyond. <laughs> and it's old man Jason Bourne <laughs> teaching a young buck who turns out to almost be his son. What? Uh, yeah. I. I mean, they can keep making these forever. There's there's not a lack of windows to jump out of. <laughs> That's all these movies it's are to not me. What a lack of windows to <laughs> these jump. These movies out. are a lot of window jumping. I got one
0: for you. How about The Rise of Born? I,
1: Rise a- of Born? That sounds like his porn. That sounds like his yeah. OnlyFans.
2: Uh, I just want <laughs> to say like it's <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of skipping these films.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I'm just not into it, man. I'm I was sorry. Gonna
1: say, they're not I, really my deal. Yeah. Maybe they uh, got to
2: merge like John Wick and Bourne. I love. Matt Damon, but yeah, I'm sorry. I don't do these films. This is no Martian. Yeah. Yeah. Martian 2, baby. Going back. What if he plays the character
0: he played in The Martian? No. But now he's a super spy.
2: Don't
1: ruin it.
0: No. Okay. We won't ruin it. (laughs) Guys, the question is for you. (laughs) Somebody in the live chat just said, somehow, Jason Bourne has returned. (laughs) It's like love it guys what do you think about this are you down for another jason Bourne? i don't think too born too furious i don't know that i would dream like this if i was the studio head but as a fan i'll go if it's mad damon yeah we'll see all right guys listen we got a bunch of other things we need to talk about. Uh, Tron Ares. You might have forgot that that movie's even happening. Well, it's going into production a lot faster than you think. The newest Aquaman trailer dropped. (laughs) Um, Nicholas Holt is our Lex Luthor. We're going to discuss that and a whole bunch more. But before we do, we're going to take a quick moment here and thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast, our friends at DraftKings and Fume. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, DraftKings. There's so much to be thankful for family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they've got it. And it's a big Thanksgiving week. Detroit Lions are favored over the Green Bay Packers. The Dallas Cowboys are favorite over Washington. Who will you pick? So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code CAMPIA. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with the code CAMPIA. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. We want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, Fume. Quitting cold turkey is great in theory, but you and I both know it's way more difficult than that. And that's why there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some fake online promises. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavor air device that does just that. See, instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural, and instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. I personally didn't know what to expect when I first got my fume. I mean, I've never liked vapes, but my goodness, the taste. The first time I tried it, I was completely sold on it. It was incredible. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 150,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you. You got to try the new Solano Fume. It's made with a premium walnut barrel and an onyx-coated mouthpiece that has a slightly softer finish. Start the holidays off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com campia and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 20% off until December 1st when they use my code campia to help make starting the good habit that much easier. So start the good habit at tryfume.com campia to save an additional 20% off the journey pack today until December 1st and 10% off year round and thank you to our friends at DraftKings and fume for sponsoring today's episode of the john campy show podcast okay during break a lot of new names for uh the, the potential jason Bourne movies coming got in. gold coming in uh the morning show the morning show is so good born on the cob <laughs> born hub what was some of the other born one? hard
2: born, born hard, hard. Born to born get hard. in Born again. In, the Born Riders. Uh, the Born Riders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just stop the rest of the show. I was gonna we'll say, going to say, this is our show I like, now.
0: I like, Born, Born, <laughs> Born, I like Born, Born Hub. Born
2: Wick. Born Hub is no good. Props to whoever said that.
0: All right. All right. With that all down, guys, let's get on to this, shall we? Hey, it wasn't just some fever dream. You did hear that Jared Leto is going to be starring in a brand new Tron movie called Tron: Ares. And what was the name of the last Tron movie again? Tron:
2: Legacy. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, starring Jason <laughs> Bourne. <laughs> starring <laughs> Jason Bourne. Popular word, baby. There was
1: so much window <laughs> jumping. So much, so much window it was a lot.
0: jumping. So, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I was so excited for Tron: Legacy, not very good. So everybody, kinda and it didn't do great at the box office. So everybody kind of thought the whole franchise was dead, but behold, it's coming back. And you may have forgotten that it was happening, but it's actually happening. And apparently it's going into production like within the next six weeks or so. Uh, this comes from the folks over at Joe Blow who wrote the following. Production for the long gestating Tron sequel, Tron Ares, starts filming in Vancouver after the holidays. Initially, cameras were supposed to roll in August, but the strikes delayed the process by several months. Thankfully, the strikes have resolved and production can begin anew on Tron Ares. Hopefully, what is it,
2: Ray? (laughs) (laughs) Ray's <laughs> trying so hard. Someone said Borner account. I'm sorry. Let's, let's, let, let me close this chat while I continue my work because I'm going to read these all day if I don't stop. Okay.
0: Let me keep going. <laughs> the production new okay. on Tron hopefully with cameras firing up in the coming weeks, we can expect more details about the hotly anticipated sequel to start making the round. So it is coming and it's on its way. And you know what? Right now, the cast is pretty impressive. Of course, it's being led off by an Academy Award winner, Jared Leto, hmm. Evan Peters, who has turned into a remarkable performer, Jodie Turner-Smith, Karen Monaghan, who's really hot right now. Everybody loves him. And Sarah Desjardins. Is it, this is a solid cast uh, with, again, award winners, future award winners, all that kind of stuff. Now, again, this is a situation where If I'm the head of the studio, I'm not green lighting another Tron movie. I I, I mean, I think the last one should have showed you there's not a future for this franchise. But they announced they're going to do one anyway. Put in an Oscar winner, okay. (laughs) Granted, they've pretty solid lineup, pretty solid looking cast. I get it. I'm not terribly excited to see this, even though I like all the actors involved. I like all of them. And I don't think it's going to do well. I, I really don't. Now, hopefully we can fast forward two years and see that it does great at the box office and the movie's wonderful and all that kind of stuff. We can hope. Um, but I don't know. I got to admit, I'm feeling kind of skeptical about this. And I, like a lot of people, kind of even forgot that it was happening. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this. Tron Aries, actor strikes over. They can go back into production now. They get, get started up. Did you remember that this was coming, first of all? And what do you no. think about it? And, and what do you think of the lineup they've got?
1: I had just, this had left my mind completely. And then I went, oh, yeah. Oh, and with Jared Leto. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're not the
0: biggest Jared Leto fan. i not.
1: He doesn't really do it for me. I, I think Jared Leto thrives when he is in a movie for less than 15 minutes. Oh. <laughs> I think he does a really good job. Like Blade in, Runner
0: 2049?
1: <laughs> yeah, like when he's just a supporting part and pops in and pops out and gets to do all of his... Charactery kind of stuff that works for him. I'm not when when he's the lead of a movie. I'm usually not dazzled. Um,
0: but who else will get you to Mars in thirty seconds or less? The rest of the band. <laughs>
1: The rest of them, who else will get me to go to their island where it's not a cult? I don't understand how this band works. I don't get them. I don't get them at all. You're just
0: jealous. I am. It's
1: mostly because I do want my own cult. The other day I was at a birthday party and someone said to me, you have the vibes of a very charismatic cult leader. And it's the (laughs) nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Like that is all I want. In you life. and that
0: girl from Smallville. Just oh, <laughs>
1: I don't want that kind of cult yeah, though. Oh, okay, that's a uh, sex cult, though. John. That's so much work. That's no thank you. So much work. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, back to Tron. Uh, I actually kind of liked Tron Legacy. I don't think it fired on all cylinders, but I thought there was some fun stuff in it. Oh, hey, listen,
0: killer soundtrack, the the amazing Daft soundtrack. It's incredible. Michael Sheen is. Michael Sheen glorious. He's wonderful
1: in everything, though. The dude popping up, you know, Olivia Wilde
0: in tight electronic spandex. dude popping up. Yeah. Dude, that dude popping
1: up. Yeah. No, the dude. The dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know? Yeah. The, the oh, dude. Love him. I love it when not, we see Jeff Bridges. Flynn, but the dude. But the dude. Yeah. I just don't know why you would continue on this after that last one didn't do well and we've got this whole new cast. And I like most of the other actors in this too. I just, I don't, I need to know more about what the story is going to be and why I should be invested in returning to this world.
0: Now, the one thing that doesn't help for me, is that it's being directed by Joachim. I think it's Joachim yeah. Roning I mean. And if you don't know the name, he directed such blockbusters as Maleficent, the Mistress of Evil, mm. which I didn't like. <laughs> uh, he also directed uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, mm. which is not one of my favorite installments of the Pirates franchise. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how all this comes together. Listen, my favorite thing in all of moviedom is having a movie coming out that I have very little hope for, and then I see it and I love it. Yeah. You know, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one of the great examples of that, right? I Nothing makes me happier than going to a movie that I have like no expectations out of, and I end up loving it. So hopefully that can be what the new Tron is. I'm just not really counting on that being the case. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to this, shall we? The last DCEU film is coming out here pretty soon. Aquaman and the Atlantis of Atlantis. I can't remember. What's the subtitle of the movie? The Lost Kingdom. The Lost Kingdom. That's right. Aquaman (laughs) and the Lost Kingdom, Born Legacy, is uh, coming out. And look. To be very clear, I really enjoyed the first Aquaman. I had a lot of fun with it. And I love Jason Momoa. I just think I love seeing him in just about... Air. Even movies that are crap. I like seeing Jason Momoa in it. That's how much I enjoy him. And I really like him as, as Aquaman. I think he's been really good in the role. So the new Aquaman 2 has had some, well, let's say drama. right? All these talks, the dates being pushed, in front of the camera problems they've the you know the hollywood reporter and others reported some real issues with test screenings reports of big reshoots all this kind of stuff obviously off the camera drama as well going on like a lot of different kind of stuff and now it's finally culminating in this movie is now going to come out so they put out a new trailer now listen i like the last trailer they put out i mean it's not the best thing they've ever done but i like the last trailer this trailer is terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, A 90 bad. second montage of every cliche and quip you could. I'm coming for you. Oh, I like literally. Rob and I were watching it yesterday after the show. We sat down and watched it, and we both heard each other's, Did he just say I'm coming for you? Or open it up with, Are you talking to the fishies? It's like, Really? Uh, Yeah, that's how a dad talks to their kid, but you don't need to put that in a trailer. And then they literally spell out everything for you. I am now a dad. They have to, we're the last of our bloodline. No, we're not. He took your son. I like, it's everything that you can do wrong with a trailer,
2: they did. It's like they don't want people to come see this.
0: It's, it kind of felt like it, which is in big contrast, I think, to the last trailer, which I actually quite enjoyed. And you introduce this villain, that is like straight out of an end level Mario Brothers villain.
1: <laughs> let me
0: out and I will give you all my power. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> what? What's happening? I I and then every cliche that we've heard in the other trailers here, I'm gonna kill all of Aquaman's family. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna okay. It was just a lot of cliche. Now listen again, I am a big fan of the last film. I'm a big fan of James Wan. I'm a big fan of Yaya. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of Jason Momoa. I'm looking forward to watching this movie. I'm, I'm actually counting down the days I get to get my ass in the theaters to sit down and watch this movie. But I ain't gonna lie, this this trailer, if this was the only thing I had to promote this movie to me, I don't think I'd be buying tickets to the movie. Fortunately, I already like the franchise and I like the other trailers. But I mean, this I thought this was a pretty bad trailer. I know, Chris, you saw it. Mm-hmm. Did it increase your excitement to see the movie, decrease it? What did you think? Am I missing something? What do you think?
1: No, it didn't increase my excitement. I thought this was a step back. My husband, though, lost his mind. He's like, let's go. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited about this movie. Here's one of the things. So we keep seeing the danger that this child is going to be put into. And unpopular opinion. I don't think that DC has the balls to kill a baby. Oh, no. There's no doubt the baby think, lives. Like, and, well, I mean, and, Did you see
2: the flash? Wow. Oh, no, you <laughs> didn't I, see the flash. I
1: did see the flash. Oh, you did. I finally yeah. went and saw it. And, all those ones made it yeah. safely in, I don't know. I don't care GIL. what anybody says.
0: That was a great
1: scene. It's a terrible scene. The baby How catching you? scene
0: falling out of the hospital was a great scene. out of here. Scene. a
1: garbage scene. Oh. oh, all your taste is in your mouth. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not.
2: There's precedent,
1: <laughs> There's precedent for Arthur Curry Jr. dying though at the hands of Black Manta. And it's one of the things that sends Arthur Curry Sr. on just a murderous rampage. There's also precedent for Black Manta causing the death of his father, essentially, where he goes to confront Manta. He has a heart attack and two days later he dies and then Aquaman is like, ah, Black Manta, I'm going to come get you and he kills his dad. There's a lot of killing dads and sons in Aquaman. It's a big theme. I feel like this trailer is very, very paint by numbers. I'm pretty sure he's going to die so that we have emotional stakes, which I don't think is necessary. I know. I know. Just live, buddy. And I don't Sa- wa-
0: I'll tell you what. If Samuel Jackson comes out of the ocean and cuts off his head, chef's kiss. I'm going to stand and blow clap in the theaters if that <laughs> happens.
1: I just, uh, this there's so many moments in this of just, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, that's probably, yep. Okay, that's going to happen. I feel like they just showed me the movie. Um, and I'm not in love with it. I'm it's still going to see it. I yeah. do love <laughs> P. P yeah, I gotta, yeah. P Willian,
0: got to get your P. Will in
1: there. P. Will. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, even even seeing Topo for like five seconds didn't really... That was my only bit of joy in this trailer was, oh, hell yeah, give me Topo. Oh, I want it. that octopus who got taught how to shoot arrows by green arrow and can play the drums. I want him featured heavily.
2: You know, I, I was all psyched for this movie, but then I heard you guys watching the trailer yesterday. And also, I finally saw the first trailer on the big screen, right? All like right. When we went to, and I saw a lot of things I didn't notice the first time I watched just because of the bigger screen. And I was like, uh-oh, this is, uh, there's something uh, fishy going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pun intended. Did you just say there's something fishy? I, all, I know, was, all I know is I heard. That wasn't planned. It's yeah, just that, that was well done, game. though. Well executed. Just, I don't care. Uh, like, John and, and Rob were watching the trailer yesterday and I was just listening to it. Yeah. And I just went, Uh-oh. <laughs> He's
0: like, "Oh no!" <laughs> now, what? How great would it be, though, if he says, "Oh, the last of the bloodline"? It's like, "No, my son is the last of the bloodline." Then P. Willie goes, "Actually, I've got like twenty-five unclaimed little ones running around." I was around having a real
1: place. great time as the Prince of Atlantis, and then you had to come ruin shit yeah. for me. I would love that. There's lots like,
0: of our little yeah. bloodlines running around.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like. I
0: usually bristle a bit. Like when I hear people say that trailer gave the whole movie away, I usually go, come on, that's probably everything from the first act of the movie, blah, blah. But I think you're right, Chris. I I felt like I just watched the movie. I know how we start the film. I know the setup now. Black Manta once makes a deal with the devil. I know that he's able to accomplish what he's doing. He takes Aquaman's son and then Aquaman, P-Willy, they're going to mount a big thing to go and save the kid. They're going to save the kid. And uh, Black Manta is going to see the error of his ways and be a
2: good guy in the next one. Probably not, no. Can we now announce that Barbie is the highest grossing movie of, because this was the last hope, I think, to beat Oh, I'm like, why are we talking about Barbie? Can we now announce, official, that Barbie is the highest grossing movie? Yeah,
0: no, no. It was never in doubt. I mean, it, this Aquaman film was never going to be a billion-dollar film. Now, now, to be fair, I never thought the first Aquaman movie would be a billion-dollar film. Most people didn't, but look at that. But does anybody think this Aquaman movie is going to make $700 million? Like, not just me. I'm asking, does anybody think this movie is going to make $700 million? No. I So, I, I mean, so, yes, I think it is safe to say that Barbie is officially. I mean, I don't know. Wish may surprise us. You wish. <laughs> you wish. But uh, yeah, I think it's Disney safe to sure say does. that. <laughs> Barbie. Barbie is officially the number one box office film well, of 2023. Officially. And who would have thought that a year yeah. and a half ago? Who would have ever I thought that? I made
2: that bet.
0: All right. <laughs> With that down, guys, let's move on to this, shall we? We've got a new Superman movie coming in 2025. We know this. James Gunn's first movie of his brand new DCU, Superman Legacy comes out in the summer of 2025. We've already got our Lois Lane. We've already got our Superman. Hell, we've even already got our Green Lantern and the delightful Canadian kid, Nathan Fillion. Yay! And now we got our Lex Luthor, and it's a hell of an actor, Nicholas Holt. This comes to us from the folks at Deadline who wrote the following. We hear that James Gunn has found his Lex Luthor in British actor Nicholas Holt. Several sources tell us a movie star was always eyed for this role after Gunn selected fresh face David Cornsweet in the title role and Emmy winner Rachel Brosnan as Lois Lane. The studio wanted to go through the casting process after the SAG after strike of landing an actor to play Luthor. Uh, Warner... Uh, Warners is already in business with Holt on Clint Eastwood's Juror Number 2. Holt also starred in the 2015 Warner Brothers blockbuster Mad Max Fury Road, which made over $380 million at the global box office. All right. First of all, this casting was already done. I'm going to tell you right now. This casting was already done prior to the actor strike. I mean, we did a story months ago mm-hmm. on that. The word going around is that Nicholas Holt is probably gonna be Lex Luthor. You guys remember that, right? And now here we are after, and Deadline is now saying, and the Hollywood Reporter is all saying, yeah, we hear it's now a done deal, blah, blah. It was a done deal before. We just knew it was gonna to have to wait till after this is coming. Listen, the number one thing I look for as a, as a fan, as an individual fan, the number one thing I personally look for when it comes to the casting of these types of characters and these types of roles is not are they the right height, not do they have the right hair color. Not are their eyes blue. The number one thing for me, always is, and still continues to be, are you getting a great actor? And they got themselves a great actor. I have been impressed with Nicholas Holt in just about everything he's done. He was a, he had a smaller role, but a really good. What was the one he just did with Anya Taylor Joy and Ray Fiennes? About the menu, the, the menu. The menu, the menu. He was so good. In that, playing this weaselly little character, uh, where I really took notice of Nicholas Holt was in the movie Warm Bodies. Yes. I That is an underrated movie, and his performance in it is incredible. I loved him in X-Men First Class, the banker. He was The movie wasn't fantastic, but he played J.R.R. Tolkien. Right. In uh, Tolkien, he was great in that. Obviously, Mad Max Fury Road. And you know what? The movie may not have been great. I loved his performance in Renfield. I thought he he was one. Of, he almost saved the movie. Well, him and Nicolas Cage nearly saved the movie. But I mean, I have loved him in everything he's appeared in. He's just constantly shown that he's got the goods, and for him to land the role of such an iconic, not just comic book character, but cinematic character, Lex Luthor, because you're now walking in the shoes of Gene Hackman, right, playing this role, which is fantastic. Now, subsequently. A little bit earlier this morning, word also came out that uh, Eve Tessenbacher Macher has been cast, an actress whose name I can't remember right now, and a couple of other smaller castings too, yeah. The main headline here is that we've got our Lex Luthor. And I'll tell you what, I, I, it's the right age, given the age of Superman that they're going with. I think this is a fabulous choice. There are many other actors who are listed on a potential shortlist that I think would have been wonderful choices as well. Uh, but right near the top for me was Nicholas Holt and I am soup no no pun intended super happy that it's it's going to be him and I cannot wait to see him in this role chris you heard it's now appears to be official yeah. James Gunn, I don't think, has tweeted it out yet, but I expect that coming soon. What do you think about the choice of Nicholas Holt being Lex Luthor?
1: Love this casting. Love this actor. I mean, The Great, I think, is a tremendous example of his acting chops. He's so, so wonderful. And I love him being the big bad. I think he's going to do such a great job here. Lex Luthor is a delicious villain. You have so much good stuff to work with here because it is that idea, again, coming back to this constantly Superman of... I have the right to govern people. I am better. I am stronger. I am more intelligent. It is my purpose to control humanity, which is always at odds with Superman, Kal-El, Clark's ideology of, well, I have this power, so I should help people, but I shouldn't rule over them. And I love that we are assembling this cast of characters that support that ideology that he's going to have to butt up against, which is wonderful. Nicholas Holt is a tremendous, tremendous talent. I think this is such a stacked cast already. I think it's going to be Super super fun stuff. Even if this movie doesn't have the greatest script, which I'm really hoping it does, you've got such talent here that I feel like it's still going to be a worthwhile watch. I mean, it could just be them talking about his mom making this cape, and I'd watch it.
0: (laughs) I'd be into it. But I mean, look, it it will ultimately come down to the script. Uh, Absolutely. And you know, James Gunn has never let me down. Um, I'm trying to think of the James Gunn project that I liked the least. I, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe the James Gunn movie that I like the least might be Guardians Two, Brightburn, and I quite well. J- James Gunn didn't write Order. Oh a yeah, movie. sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Um, I think his his brother or his cousin or his stepsister, I can't remember, was involved in that. But I mean, uh, I think Guardians Two, which I still quite like, and I think that is my least favorite thing of his.
1: Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed.
0: I think you got it.
1: Yeah,
0: I think, I think you just got it. That's right. I mean, if it's not that, what is it? <laughs> you know, you know what? Maybe it was a brilliant script that got ruined by the director.
1: Maybe, know,
0: maybe that was the situation. You're right. You got to go that far back. You got to go back to Scooby yeah. Doo.
1: Yeah, go that or like Romeo and Juliet, which, uh, which even that, that was though masterpiece. That's a fun one oh, right. the genre. All the, all the trauma stuff is so. Good. Are you
0: kidding me? For the genre, it's perfect. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think, man, look. I am not saying that Superman legacy is going to be amazing. I am not saying that it is going to resurrect DC on screen. What I am saying is that everything I've seen coming together so far has been a positive. I, I like every decision they've made so far. Now, listen, this could be another gangster squad where like, They put all the right pieces together and it ends up being a woof. And maybe that's what Superman Legacy will be. But I'm just saying right now, a year and a half out, I'm loving everything I'm seeing. I'm loving the approach they seem to be taking. I obviously love the person behind all of it. I really like the casting they've done so far. I like what we've heard, at least for the rumors is what the story might be, including characters like the authority and whatnot in there. I mean, I just think this is, this has got a lot of potential. Yeah. And if it sucks, it's going to be one of my biggest disappointments of movie going. If this movie sucks, Um, because right now I, I I've got a lot of hope in it. I really, really do. All right, guys. With all that down, we're now going to move over and start taking your comments and questions. But before we get to those, though, we're going to take another quick moment here and thank another sponsor of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast, my mobile service provider, and they should be yours, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Dot com slash Campia. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at MintMobile.com slash Campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show podcast. Hey guys, listen, before we jump into the live questions, I just remembered as we went to break that I need to let you guys know about something. Uh, every year, you guys know around here, uh, we invite you guys to participate with us in the annual Adopt a family. And the last couple of years, you guys have helped us make an incredible impact on a number of families. And it's always like probably my favorite thing we do every year. Anyway, we are getting ready to do that again. Next week, we are going to uh, tell you about the family. Uh, that we are adopting this year that we've been matched with through the agency at the city. And we are excited to do this again. We're going to put up the Amazon wishlist shopping thing where you guys have always delivered so much. And uh, we look forward to launching that next week. So guys, just want to give you a heads up on that. Keep your guys uh, eyes open for it. And uh, I really hope we can make a, do something massive for this family that, that could really use it and really deserves it uh, this year. All right. With that down, guys, let's get over to your questions here, shall we? Chris, what do we got up first?
1: From AL, the news of Holt recontextualizes Renfield into being a movie about Lex Luthor wanting to get away from a toxic relationship from Vampire Superman.
0: I like it. You know, (laughs) know, it's funny, though. There is... I've always kind of poo-pooed on the idea about doing a movie telling the story from the perspective of the bad guy, right? But... I've always thought there would be a really interesting story. Do you remember that one episode? I haven't watched a lot of Cobra Kai, but there was that one episode, I think it was early in Cobra Kai, where Johnny is looking back on the events of the original Karate Kid movie. But from his perspective, it was Daniel who was the bully. Mm -hmm. It was Daniel who was the one doing all, and was the jerk, right? I've always thought it might be interesting to do a story about Lex Luthor and why he hates Superman so much. And that, like... All great villains think they're the good guy. And it would be interesting to see something from that perspective at some point.
1: Well, that's one of the things Smallville, I think, did really well of understanding that rivalry and this brotherhood best friend obsession kind of thing that just goes so awry.
0: All right. What's next?
1: From Matt Boyle sending in a $20 super chat. Thank Thank you, Matt. Matt. I am very excited about the Jason Bourne news that came out yesterday. The Born Identity is the reason why I fell in love with movies in general, and The Born Ultimatum is my favorite movie of all time. Dang,
0: that was the third one, right? Born Ultimatum, I believe it was. I would hope the third. That is a seriously awesome movie. It it is easily my favorite of the franchise. Um, I didn't love Born Identity, um, but I I I liked it. I think I thought it was pretty good. It was again, it was a strange choice to have a movie called Born and you didn't have Born in it. Uh, but I mean, faith. Yeah. I mean, look, I I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you, I'd be in line to see the movie. It was coming out tomorrow. So let's see if it works out. All right. What's next
1: from CJ rebirth. saw wish last Saturday and loved it. Ariana DeBose and Chris Pine were great. Songs were catchy and the little star is adorable.
0: I'm glad you liked it. I am actually in just a couple of hours. I'm going to see the movie myself. However, the response to it hasn't been great as of right now I believe it holds a 51%. There it is. It's got a 51% uh, Rotten Tomato uh so only about ha- it's a split, it's split. The the critics are completely split on it. Pretty much 50-50. Uh only a few audience members, but the audience seemed to like it. They got an 88. I'm seeing it in a couple hours I'll let you guys know what I think about it. All right, what's next?
1: From Christopher Brickner, with HR reporting that Dave Filoni, now chief creative officer of Lucasfilm, it appears to me he's like he's being set up as Kathleen's successor. Agree?
0: No. Is there, there's a far cry difference between running a company and being involved in a creative capacity. This is... The best situation, I think, for Dave Filoni. His his job is to contribute to story. That's not what the head of the studio should be. The head of the studio is running a corporation. That's something Dave Filoni has zero know-how, zero experience, zero understanding of. And I think he'd probably be the first person to tell you. But creating a role like chief creative officer to just be involved and contribute and give some input and guidance on the development of stories sounds like the ideal spot for him, to be honest with you. Let's see how it works out. All right, what's next?
1: From Raymond Verrata. Uh, Otisburg? Otisburg? Miss <laughs> Tess Mucker.
0: I, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor is one of the, the biggest reasons why I so fondly go back to those old Superman movies. Like, he's just... And, oh, why am I freezing on the name who played Otis? Uh, like, iconic actor. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, what?
0: He just passed away just a couple of years From ago. Deliverance, also. Yeah, I mean. uh, and I'm freezing on his name. Why am I freezing anyway? Ned Beatty. Yeah, Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. Yeah. Oh, as Otis. Gosh, Mr. Luther. He's so good. In that. All right. What's next?
1: From uh, Christopher Brickner, Variety reported that Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan will reprise their roles for a new Karate Kid movie. I didn't see this coming at all, to be honest. I don't, I don't
2: think, think anybody. The studio saw, this, saw coming. this coming.
1: I don't think. Yeah, any of them.
0: Yeah. I, I think Jackie Chan was caught by surprise. Of this yeah. new like I so okay, so both so he's playing Mr. Han. So both these things are canon and in the same universe. I
2: think it's possible AI created this and cast them,
0: <laughs> and then it just got reported.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: All right. What's next?
1: From Christopher Brickner again. The Pittsburgh Steelers have fired their OC, their offensive that's coordinator that's coordinator, offensive coordinator, Matt, Matt Canada. Canada. The first time they've removed a coach mid season since nineteen forty one. Even then that guy resigned. Uh Yeah,
0: listen, when you've got the coach that the Pittsburgh Steelers have and you have the history that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, you should be winning more. And offense has been a problem with them, so I wasn't surprised to hear about his firing. So they were
1: constantly just going, blame Canada?
0: (laughs) Get it? (laughs) All right. Last day
1: here this week. Boo, boo, boo. Okay. Uh, Guzman, a karate kid without Jaden? What's even the point? Listen,
0: (laughs) I'm not a big Jaden Smith fan. I really liked him in his Karate Kid movie. I really did. And if they announced that he's coming back, I'd be all for it. I'm not going to lie to you. I really would. All right. What's next?
1: From Matthew Gladney, every Karate Kid everywhere all at once.
0: That's it. Actually, I like that. That's That's pretty good. All right. What's next?
1: From Dr. Stinky, 13 to 14, Karate Kid. 16 to 17 is too old for Karate Kid. But it's going to be a 17-year-old who's cast to play younger. That's what Hollywood does.
0: But but Daniel wasn't thirteen fourteen. No, in no he was a high schooler. He was a high schooler. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, the uh, the uh, Smith kid, he was a younger thing. Yeah. So I think you do go with sixteen seventeen. I think you go with the the high school student one at least. I know what do I know? I still can't believe they're doing Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio in the same yeah. movie. So we'll see. All right, what's
1: next? From Shamrock Vibes huge Ruffalo fan, but didn't get past him as Barbecue Hulk, a recast (laughs) reboot with someone like Christian Bale, uh, wait Love to Return a Miserable Banner and a Smasher Hulk
0: Shamrock, the casting has nothing to do with it. Do you think Mark Ruffalo wrote the script? You can have Daniel Day-Lewis playing it. It's still the same script It's still Hulk showing up at a family barbecue with a bowl cut idiot son wearing a Hawaiian shirt doesn't matter who the actor that no, recasting the role isn't going to change anything.
2: Like I drink your gamma rays.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I drink it up. Um, it, it has nothing. So you could recast Mark Ruffalo all you want. It doesn't change anything. Like it's all <laughs> of, it's, it's about the writing, what direction they want to take the character. That has nothing to do with the actor whatsoever. Mark Ruffalo. Listen, for what they're doing with Mark Ruffalo has been great playing the role. He's been one. I love his his banner. His banner banner is great. I just think they made a massive mistake merging the Hulk and Banner into Smart Hulk. Professor Hulk, as people call him. I think that was a big mistake. Well, John, you see, in the comic, I don't give a fuck about what they did in the comics. We're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're talking about on screen. And I think that was a mistake. Ruffalo playing Banner is great. Uh, It's just in the creative direction they went with it. All right, what's next?
1: From uh, Raymond Ferrata, was there a Karate Kid turtle wax tie-up?
0: You mean like the product placement? I don't know. (laughs) If there wasn't, it's a missed opportunity, but I don't think there was. If if Karate Kid was made today for the first time, you bet your ass there would be that. All right, what's next?
1: From Shamrock Vibes, also what's your fave Ibsen play? Mine's Dollhouse.
0: Dollhouse? Ibsen play? Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about.
1: Um, the, the playwright, Henrik Ibsen. Oh, I, th-
0: I thought he missed. Never mind. I thought he was misspelling something else. Um, oh, I don't know off the top of my head. a Gabler. I am not a live stage production guy for the most part. If, I've written some stage productions. Ibsen's bleak stuff. Never, yeah.
1: Ibsen's not fun.
0: <laughs> All right. What's next?
1: <laughs> for Andy, uh, The Hunger Games Catching Fire came out 10 years ago yesterday.
0: Really? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I guess guess that makes sense. I remember I was at AMC. I remember John Schnepp and I reviewing the movie. I guess that was. Wow. It's weird to think of it being that long ago. All right. What's next?
1: From Andy. Like Chris, I was afraid the musical performances and the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes could have been cringy and melodramatic. Thankfully, they were great.
0: Listen, I didn't really like the movie. The music was damn impressive. Um, And it's not even my kind of music at all. Before, again, it's so weird not liking a movie when so many of the individual pieces I thought were good. And it's just, again, it's the movies are a sum rather than the individual parts. And even though I liked a lot of the individual parts, just for me at the end of the day, it didn't sum up. And loved it though. I think you liked it more than I did.
1: Yeah. It did was act three that I was like, oh, this is right. rushed. Yeah, and the, the whole thing weird. suddenly,
0: like, we're all sweet love. Ooh,
1: ah, yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, like,
0: that was that turned quickly. It's just, whoa. And, yeah. All right, what's next?
1: From Andy again, Shang-Chi's dad is a lot like John Winchester. Losing their wives warped them so much that they abused their kids and made that the family business.
0: Yes, except John Winchester never became a villain, right? Yeah, he became hard and he... I nobody make a joke about that um and he like became tough on his kids he wanted to make sure his kids could deal with stuff and it made him a distant father yes but you know he never became uh the Mandarin like he never became this feared murderous whatever dude i, I mean feared by monster sure but yeah so a little bit of a difference there though all right what's next
1: Andy again, I'm sadly a decade too old to be playing the new Karate Kid, but then again, <laughs> Hollywood has a thing for casting actors in their 20s as high schoolers. Uh, Hollywood a has a thing for
0: casting actors in their 30s to play high yeah. schoolers. Yeah. Uh, so you're not, I forget, what was the name of the actress, the black actress in Clueless? Uh-oh. Stacey Dash? Is that her name? I think so. Stunningly beautiful. Stunningly beautiful. I just heard recently that she was actually in her 30s when that movie came out. Yeah,
1: she's 56 right now, not in the movie.
0: Yeah, I, that to me was crazy, mm-hmm. absolutely crazy.
1: It's a weird jump. I went from playing 17-year-olds to then immediately being like, and you're mom. in your 30s now. Yeah, <laughs> and and now you mom. have three kids. And you're like, what What about in between? <laughs> what happens there?
0: Again, I don't think I've ever known the actress's name, but like I had a huge crush on her when that movie first came out. Like she was gorgeous. All right, what's next?
1: From Patrick Hamilton, the creator is on digital and watched it several times. Such a beautiful movie. I wish studios took more chances on big original ideas like the creator and not only rely on IPs, but money talks.
0: I mean, that's just the thing, Ray. If you can look up for me how much money the creator made at the box office, I mean, spoiler alert, it wasn't a lot. Um it is too bad. You know, and by the way, it wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be. I enjoyed the movie. Wow. How much did it make?
2: It's 103.
0: Worldwide? Yep.
2: 103 million.
0: Now they made it for a very small budget. Uh, But, uh, it doesn't say. I think it was like 30 or 40 million dollars they made it for. Anyway, they made it for something ridiculously low, which is great. But yeah, nobody went to go see it. By the way, made with the slightly big brother, it was made with a prosumer camera. So we use, right now, I, I'm looking at you through a Sony a6400. They have a, a line made with the same, they shot this movie on a camera with the exact same sensor as this camera, the Sony FX30, which has the exact same sensor as this camera uh, that we're looking into. And it's it's kind of taken a lot of the... uh know videography people on youtube by storm talking a lot about it but i I wish it made more money the reality is we talk about this all the time everybody will cry and complain hollywood doesn't do enough original stuff well then the moment they put out original stuff nobody goes to see it it's it's a it's a tough trap the budget was 80 million it was 80 okay still super when you look at that movie you would think that was a 200 million dollar movie so yeah crazy all right what's next
1: from Renetta W sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Renetta. John, I took your advice and watched Blue Eyed Samurai, and it was fucking great.
0: It's so good.
1: Holy shit. Netflix better bring that back. Animation this year has been fabulous across Spider-Verse, Castlevania Nocturne, Ninja Turtles, etc.
0: Have you seen Blue Eyed Ninja yet?
1: I haven't.
0: I think you would love it.
1: I'm really excited about watching it. We just finished um Scott Pilgrim. So
0: okay, how was that? That. I'm it's not really cute. I love Scott Pilgrim versus the world of the movie. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in watching the anime, though.
1: So Logan wasn't super into it until the last two episodes. Um, I thought it was fun throughout, but I, could, I understood some of his criticisms of it. Of he just felt some of it was a little lazy. Mm. Um, but it's cute. It's definitely worth watching. And it's a quick watch, too.
0: By the way, again, Blue Eye Samurai. It was our audience that convinced me to check it out and watch it. So good. Like, I, I was seriously, seriously blown away. Although, here's the funny thing. I'm starting to watch it. Anne was in her office working on something and then was going out to meet friends. And as she comes out, we're like late in episode one. There's some pow chicka pow pow, sicky, sexy, filthy, filthy, nudie, nudie sex stuff going on in it, right? So Anne comes out and goes, what you watching? I'm like, I swear to God, if like up till right now, it was just a samurai <laughs> story. It's so like, okay. So she leaves. She's gone for five, six hours because her and a bunch of girlfriends went to San Diego. So she comes back five, six hours later. I'm still watching the show. Like I was just going, I'm just binging it. And like, just as she's walking in the door, <laughs> bow, chicka, bow, bow, she goes, "Yes, is this just like all titties? I'm like, no, I swear to God, honey. She's just sitting here watching animated porn. No, but there's, <laughs> yeah, there's some dirty. There's some, there's some dirty in this show, but it's seriously, the show is so <laughs> good. This is so good. All right, what's next?
1: From Bob 93. Hey guys, wondering if there's any info or updates on that Doom movie being made at Universal with John Cena attached to possibly play, possibly play Doom Guy. Would love to know your guys' thoughts on it too. Thanks.
0: I don't remember anything about it.
1: We reported on that ages yeah, ago. I, do,
0: I, I have not heard one thing on the development of that in years. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess it ain't happening. Nor should it. That's a bad idea. This is like Doom the Game or what? Doom guy. Like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I would rather see John Cena's Duke Nukem. Yeah. I I'd sign up for that. Great
2: casting. I
1: love Duke
0: Nukem. Yeah. And he would be he would be great in it. Actually, a lot of the great lines that Rowdy Roddy Piper said in They Live came from Duke Nukem. Um, and so yeah, sign up for that. I don't know. Does anybody want to see another Doom movie? Doom guy. I don't think anybody does. Anyway, all right, what's next?
1: From Amin, if Daft Punk doesn't return, forget about it.
0: Well, it'd be very hard since Daft Punk broke up. Yeah. So <laughs> don't hold your breath for da- Daft Punk returning. It has wow. nothing yeah. to do with the filmmakers. All right, what's next?
1: From Andy, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I get that reference. I feel like she should put that Captain America meme. All right, what's next?
1: From Emilio. John, the actress for Ms. Marvel, did an interview with new rockstars. yeah, and she mentioned something about filming Young Avengers. Did she accidentally slip an unannounced project? I mean, it's not- I that they that-
0: basically announced it in yep. the movie.
1: She's assembling the Avengers, so yeah. she literally shows up at the end of the movie
0: yeah. with what, what's what's uh, her name? Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Yeah, with Kate Bishop and saying, "I'm putting together a team of like they." They announced it. I think it's a horrible idea.
2: It's a great
1: idea. Oh, I think it's great. It also just shows how much like faith they have in Iman. I mean, listen. And they should. It is a great idea
0: to send her. I think she's the best thing the Marvel Cinematic Universe has going for it right now is Ms. Marvel, Iman Vellani. She's the best thing in the MCU right now. But do you have to waste her on something as stupid as the Young Avengers? Oh. Well, we'll, I don't know. Hopefully I'll love it. I'll
2: save you a seat. I'll save <laughs> it. There
0: you go. All right. What's next?
1: From oh, up a bit. From DS three seven three seven. Over under one percent. Sean Gunn is cast as Batman. Uh,
0: zero, but over ninety percent that it'll be cast as something in that yeah. universe. And you know what? Why the hell not? I love seeing him pop up. In He's this stuff. wonderful. All right. What's next?
1: From Alan Sifka, Uh Hey, can't be a crew. I'm a Brie Larson fan, and I do like the Captain Marvel co- character. However, I feel like we don't have, that much, uh, don't have that emotional investment with her like we did with Iron Man, Captain America, or Thor. Is there anything Marvel can do for us to care more about this character?
0: The difference between, say, something like Iron Man or Ms. Marvel or others is that time was spent letting us get to know the character before just throwing us into the plot of the character, right? Like, we got, time, we got a lot of time to hang out with Tony Stark, and get even in that first Iron Man movie, just hanging out with Tony, seeing his personal show, like pre-Iron Man, all that kind of stuff. We get attached to the character. With the Mon Valanines as Ms. Marvel, we get to see just her living her life in high school with her incredible family and all that kind of stuff. We get attached to attach them personally. I feel like one of the reasons that Captain Marvel, as successful as it was, I still consider it mid-tier MCU's because I just felt like that movie just went right into plot. As like introducing us, here's Carol Danvers. She's a pilot. She's got a best friend, and now she's got superpowers. And away we go. And we never really got, like I think they even did a better job with Monica in WandaVision than we did with um, than we did with Carol. They just never got us to know her.
2: Yeah, she's 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 going through like the Superman thing with me. Like Superman is too alien to relate to. That's kind of how they, for me at least, um, I I think she would have benefited off of either having her own Disney plus series or just being a part of a series. So we could see more of what's going on with her because we always just get a summary from her of what she's been doing. We don't actually get to see it. So we can't really,
0: they should have just spent more time at the beginning of captain Marvel to just let us hang out with the character a bit. Like they, like we did with Tony, Mm -hmm. but anyway, all right, what's next
1: from Ulatan. Hey John, were you able to catch AEW full gear at the forum this past Saturday? Nigel, Nigel did great on commentary. And that Swerve Strickland and, uh, versus Hangman deathmatch was a phenomenal spectacle of violence.
2: No,
0: I did not. Ann and I were out uh, on Saturday. I then I spent Sunday going to Nigel's show. Uh, Nigel did a show in Santa Monica this uh-huh. weekend, so I went and hung out with him there.
2: Did you hear what happened in that match? No. I lo- I, first of all, I love Swerve Strickland. He's like, like one of my favorites in the AEW right now. But he was busted open, and Hangman Adam Page... He was, like, on the, on the mat, and he, like, his blood was pouring out of Swerve's face, and he mouthed it and spit it back into his face. Like, that's pretty hardcore. That, and I was like, <laughs> that's the one thing with AEW, man. The violence there can be a little too much for me sometimes. Damn. That is
0: pretty hardcore. Yeah. All right, let's do a couple more. What's next?
1: From Dr. Stinky. Hey, John and crew. I've started to watch Shrinking on Apple+. Plus. Oh. And honestly, it was kind of funny, I guess. I did not really love it. Oh, my God. I mean, I had a lot going for it, so I'll continue watching it. But so far, not loving it. Also, John, I mentioned I could not type in chat last week. It was because I accidentally unsubscribed. Anyway, love (laughs) y'all. Bring on the filthy.
0: (laughs) I I Listen, all art is subjective. It hits us all in different ways. There's nothing wrong with that. For me, shrinking is the best thing Apple Plus has ever put on their platform. I think it's better than Ted Lasso. I think it's better than anything else they've ever had on there. I think it's simply the the cream of the crop, the crown jewel of what they had. I love that show so much. Now, Chris, you've watched it, right? I love
1: that show. Yeah, I, I'm I obsessed think with it.
0: But again, hey, all are subjective. It didn't work for you as well. Didn't work for you as well. All right. Last question of the day. What's next?
1: From Jay Superboy. Hey, John. Been at this for three months now and still haven't finished Baldur's Gate 3. (laughs) It's a
0: long game, man.
1: And Carlock is a national treasure. If they were to make a TV show tomorrow called Avernus, The Adventures of Carlock, I'd pay to watch it tonight. Keep it filthy.
0: I love her so much in this game. And you know what? I almost didn't even have her in the game because in the... You pick up you, you pick her up as a part of a the first part of the game as a mini side quest to do something and that's when you pick her up and she becomes a part of your group and you can use her and stuff like that. Um, I almost didn't even have her. And she her dialogue is the best in it. She's funny, she's badass. I love the Carlac character so much. Again, I, I think it might be, I've said this before else, I think it might be the best video game movie video game ever made. I really i I'm, I really think I believe it's the best video game ever made. Um, and uh, we'll probably win Game of the Year. It's nominated for Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. By the way, as is um, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Anna and I started playing Super Mario Brothers Wonder, it's a delight. I can see why I got I thought that's odd. A side scroller's been nominated for game of the year. It is a delight. It's really
2: fun. Well, have you played Bluey, the video game that just released? I, I cannot I'm about say to that it, I y'all <laughs> <laughs> have not played.
0: We've got some massive problems with our cameras going in and out. We're got yeah, to I'm fix just gonna them. I'm
2: gonna kick the cameras
0: over after the show. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna rage quit. <laughs> but that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campion Show, thank you so much, guys, for being here and making the show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in questions. Number one, because you gave us interesting things to talk about. But number two, you supported our channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Uh, Keep your guys' eyes open on the channel a little bit later. I'll be giving my thoughts uh, out of the theater, thoughts on Wish and Napoleon. (laughs) <laughs> which I'll be seeing a little bit later. Of course, the John Campia show returns again <laughs> tomorrow, and uh, we look forward to having you guys here. So for everybody in the room, Ray Ora, He's there. Jonathan Voico. Hey. Chris Carr. Bye, guys. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, au revoir. <laughs> Born
2: from.